Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Yeah, it's time for the Host Plus Cup Show. That's a plus with Mark Braybrook. And a very good afternoon. Welcome to the program. Now that Wednesday afternoon rolls around. Two rounds of the Host Plus Cup. We had the BMD Premiership starting on the weekend. And, of course, the big news in Queensland Rugby League in the last 24 hours or so is the official announcement that uh, Cameron Smith is joining the coaching staff of Billy Slater for Origin in season 2022. Uh, But before we get to that, let's have a look at the results of the Host Plus Cup from last weekend. It all started on Saturday at Iona College with a big win for Wyndham. They defeated the Pride by 26 points to eight. The Central Capras remain unbeaten with a win over the Hunters in Rocky, 26 points to 16. The Blackhawks were were beaten by the Burley Bears. The Bears getting up 26-22 with a a late try. That was in Townsville. The game we called, Gary Belcher and I, out of North Ipswich Reserve, was one-way traffic. It was a thumping win for the Mackay Cutters, defeating the Ipswich Jets by 52 points to 12. The first draw of the season came at Marsden State High, where South Logan and the Brisbane Tigers played out a 22-all draw. The Dolphins got home in the last minute with a 13-12 win over the North Devils, a field goal getting them their first points of the year. And to round out uh, round number two, a good win for the Tweed Seagulls, 28 points to six over the Sunshine Coast Falcons. Um, Let's have a look at the ladder then after two rounds, and we have two teams with two wins. The Capras and Burley sit on top of the table with four points each. Then in third, the Tigers, they're unbeaten, but they've had a win and a draw. They're on three. And then all the teams on two competition points, the Cutters, the Devils, Seagulls, Wynnum Manly, the Pride, um, the Falcons, the Hunters, and the Dolphins, and the Magpies are on one. And the Blackhawks and the Jets, the only teams without a point so far in the season. So that was uh, the Host Plus Cup results. We'll go through the other results a little bit later and look at round three very shortly with Dave Maiden. But as I said, the big news uh, out of uh, the last 24 hours is the fact that uh, Billy Slater has announced that uh, Cam Smith will be joining Jonathan Thurston and Josh Hannay amongst the coaches for Origin in 2022. Here's a little of what uh, Billy had to say yesterday with regards to his coaches heading into this year. I think the most important role for me to, to first undertake was was to put the right people in the right roles. And with our coaching staff, we, we've got a, a diverse group of, of coaches that um, are, are experts in their field. Uh, we've got Jonathan Thurston, um, who will look after our halves and, and the connection between our edges. Um, Cameron Smith, no one knows the middle of the field as good as Cameron Smith does. And I'm more and more excited to work with Josh Hannay. He's got a, a great football IQ and He's going to be hugely 
important for our for our preparation. Well, there he is, uh, Billy Slater, speaking about uh, the coaches that will be joining him. It's a pretty good coaching lineup, isn't it? And uh, he's pretty emotional about taking over, as most Queenslanders are, to be involved in Origin. Billy is pretty emotional on coaching Queensland and what it means to him. It doesn't stop at the 17 players or, or the coaching staff or the people that are involved in the camp. It, it's, it's bigger than that. It's more than 5 million Queenslanders. It's... It's our families. Um, it's every Queenslander, everyone who feels like they belong to Queensland. They're a part of the, the Queensland family. And, and the things that are important to me, being a part of the Queensland family, are, are respect and humility. This is the most important role I've ever held for Queensland. Well, there you go. That's pretty big, isn't it? The most important role he's ever held. And he's had some big roles there at the back over with many successful teams. Well, Cam Smith spoke about the role that he will play in Origin 2022? If I can help in some way, uh, you know, give the players the opportunity to be at their best on game night and, and, and help or assist uh, Bill, you know, be the very best coach he can be, then that's my role. It's, it's not about anything else other than trying to help people be better, um, you know, through my knowledge, through my experiences, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping that if I can make a small difference, then I'll be happy. Well, there we are. Cameron Smith talking about the role he's going to play in Origin in 2022. So it's a timely segue to speak with Dave Maiden from the QRL. And Dave, even though we speak each week about uh, the grassroots, I suppose, of rugby league, uh, that's the big announcement the last 24 hours. What a, a team we've got to coach Queensland this year. Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston and Josh Hannay. Wow. Yeah, listen, that's a phenomenal lineup, isn't it? And with over 100 games experience between them, there is some some great depth of knowledge there that allows our players and the new kids that are coming through that are opportunity to, to learn from the best, learn from the mistakes that they've uh, they've made and they've the the experiences that they've they've been able to go through. So it is a phenomenal lineup and something we're looking forward to seeing how it progresses this year. Yeah, and Origin's not far away. Uh, we had a cracking round two of the Host Plus Cup last weekend, the first draw of the season. We've got two teams that have got two wins and I don't think there are too many people that have thought the Capras would be sitting on top of the table after two weeks. We're going to speak to their coach very shortly, and uh, they'll be part of the SEN coverage on Saturday with their game against Ipswich, but a terrific start for, for Central. Yeah, look, it's great to see them up there, actually. You know, it's such a hotbed of rugby league talent. There's 7,500 juniors in their catchment area and a phenomenal rate of going through to, you know, in, in the past it was the, the NYC competition, the NRL competition. I think it was something like 85, 87 players over a five-year period. So the, the capacity to produce quality rugby league players is within central Queensland. And, and now they're getting an opportunity to play through the Capras. And, and I'm sure that their affiliation with Redcliffe, Redcliffe has buoyed the experiences and, and the, the, the thoughts of everyone up there. And, there's opportunities abounding again, so they've uh, they've actually really performing well. Lionel Harbin's got them playing well. They've got a lot of juniors, local juniors back there playing the game, and, and it's fantastic to see them on top of the table. Yeah, and uh, being at North Ipswich Reserve on Saturday night, I saw firsthand the Mackay Cutters uh, demolish the Jets 52 points to 12. Uh, they were very impressive, Mackay. Of course, they got a lot of players back from North Queensland. Scott Drinkwater, Str- Scott Drinkwater, I should say, was outstanding for Mackay. Dejan Arcee was uh, terrific as well. 
Um, and that, you know, that pool of players they get back, geez, they were impressive, Mackay. Yeah, look, they were. I watched that on the live stream and, and it was really, really good dominant display by them. You know, though I thought they asked a lot of questions of Ipswich and Ipswich are going to have to work on that in the weekend because the Capras have mm. been very willing over the first couple of rounds of the competition as well. So, But Mackay were, were really good. Um, they do get a strength out of their Cowboys allocation and when you're getting three or four players back, it really strengthens your, your squad. And, um, you know, looking forward to, to seeing Mackay and our regional clubs and cutters and and everyone performed well this year. And as I mentioned, the results uh, in the top of the program, we had our first draw with uh, the Magpies and the Tigers, 22 all, and um, the Dolphins just edging out the Devils to get their first win of the year. So remarkably, Davis, just after two rounds, um, there's only the Blackhawks and the Jets that haven't had a win or um, so far this year. It looks like, I know it's only two rounds, but we're going to have a very even competition throughout 2022, I think. Yeah, well, look, the contrasting wins uh, in over from round one to round two, you, if you're a tipster, you wouldn't have picked them. So, you know, after after those results, that's fantastic. That's what we're for. That's what we're here for. Uh, we want to make sure that every team has enough capacity to win the competition. Uh, you know, the, the, the fact that Blackhawks haven't won after two rounds is, yeah. is, is quite surprising. But admittedly, though, they've both... You know, one of them's they've come up against a red hot north side, and then they got beaten on the bell against Burley. So, you know, again, I was watching that on that uh, Q Plus TV, and and everyone has a job opportunity to watch every game across the state, uh, whether it's under 16s right the way through to the Host Plus Cup. So, so that's uh, that's a really good platform if you want to watch it. But there's some tough games out there. I'm really enjoying the, the closeness of the competitions, and and looking forward to that developing further. Yeah, and there's a long way to go in the year, so uh, don't give up on your team uh, if you uh, support the Blackhawks or the Jets. And we had the BMW, a BMW, I said that last week, the BMD Premiership start uh, on the weekend. Wins to Wynnum over Burley 10-6. Uh, the Tigers, too good for the Magpies, 26-0. The Capras, 18 over 14 over the Panthers. And Tweed, 24-16 over the Gold Stars. So uh, that competition is underway. I watched a bit of the Mal Meninga Cup and, uh, when I was out at Ippy as well on Saturday. And that was quality football. The Jets too good for Toowoomba in both those early matches there. So it's all underway. All the competitions are happening. Um, and it's been some terrific rugby league. Thanks for your time, mate. Have a good week. And we will chat with you again next week. All right, thanks, Mark. Talk to you soon. Good on you, mate. Dave Maiden there from the QRL. This is the Host Plus Cup show on this Wednesday afternoon. Mark Braybrook with you. Uh, We're going to take a break. Other side of the break, we'll come back and we'll speak to the coach of the Central Capras to find out how he's got them on top of the table. We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup show on SEM. Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Wednesday afternoon, Mark Braybrook with you. Reminder that our game on Saturday afternoon comes once again from the North Ipswich Reserve and it is the top of the table, Central Capras, taking on the Ipswich Jets. The Capras have had a terrific start to the season as we are just discussing there with Dave Maiden, their coach is Lionel Harbin and he has uh, very kindly given me some of his time to chat this afternoon on the program. Lionel, thanks for your time and, and welcome to the Host Plus Cup Show. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Sitting on top of the table, uh, you must be happy with uh, where you are, but are you also happy with the way your team is playing? Uh, in patches, Mark. You know, we're, um, we're, we're a bit clunky, and I suppose every team is at this time of year. 
um, yeah, you, you know, we're, you know, we were putting patches together, but, you know, once we're um, still looking for that 80-minute performance, so, um, you know, but very happy that we're growing in that wind at the moment, uh, but still plenty of improvement left in us. What was the key for the win against the Hunters, who they started the season uh, with, a, with a win, and, and they're always a physical side to play. What impressed you most about that performance on Saturday? Yeah, you know, I think it was just our, our forwards. Um, like you said, mate, they, we knew they were going to be physical. Um, they always are. So, you know, we just thought, you know, well, let them match our physicality. You know, we sort of set the tone there. And I thought our medals, um, you know, Tyler Sipanowski and Bailey Butler, um, you know, they set the platform right from the get-go. And, um, you know, we were able to jump out to an early start there. You know, wasn't quite happy with the second half. But, you know, just... I thought our middles and the way we were able to be real physical with that PNG side, um, you know, set the time for the win. How would you, what would you describe as the strength of your side? Oh, I just think, you know, we're a side that are just willing to work hard for each other. You know, we've, um, you know, got no alignment with NRL clubs. You know, it's just us up here in central Queensland. Um, you know, we're a really tight-knit group. Uh, you know, just a bunch of guys that are, willing to go out there and work hard every weekend for each other. Um, you know, and that's something that we're really focused on um, during the pre-season. Um, you know, just getting getting everyone fit, fit as they could be, moving as good as they can be. And, um, you know, we'll, um, if, you know, if we complete well, and I know it's, it's uh, all cliches, but if we complete well and, you know, stay disciplined, um, you know, we'll give ourselves a chance every week. It seems every question uh, so far in the, this is the third show we've done at the Host Plus Cup show and spoken to a few coaches, I always have to ask the same question because it is that uh, that all-encompassing thing hanging over all sport at the moment and life in general with regards to COVID. Uh, how has that impacted uh, your off-season and how have you dealt and coped with that, with the disruptions that COVID has been bringing? Yeah, I suppose like everyone else, you know, we've gone through uh, parts of our pre-season where we've had a big chunk of players out. And, uh, you know, there's not much. We, we spoke about it early on. We knew that it would, it would come and it would happen. And it was just a matter of us, you know, um, getting on with things and, you know, changing things up with our training program, make sure we're still getting something out of our sessions, uh, even though we didn't have the numbers there. Uh, I know uh, early on, just at the beginning of the year, you know, we had a camp and, we had a little bit of a giggle out of it, you know, we got a lot out of the camp and one of them was COVID, you know, we got 15 players filled out after the camp, but, you know, the camp was something that really brought the uh, team together and, you know, it was something that we wouldn't change. But, um, yeah, like, like I said, there's a lot of the other clubs are dealing with the same thing and we just got to get on and deal with it. You talk about the disruptions to training, but it also, has it also disrupted the fitness level of the players? Uh, luckily enough, I touch wood. I don't know whether I should even be saying this. <laughs> I haven't had it yet. But they, they tell me, and I say yet, uh, they tell me that one of the, the issues is the fatigue and, and the fact that um, you lose that energy. Uh, did, their, did the players that suffered that, their fitness levels dropped and you almost were back to square one? Yeah, well, it varies, mate. Like, it's, uh, everyone was different. You know, we had several players where it really affected them. And, you know, it, it takes them a few weeks to get back to that fitness level they were at. And then yeah. we had other guys that, you know, were able to uh, actually do some training while they were in isolation. So, you know, everyone's affected differently. Uh, it's just about, you know, monitoring them guys and, you know, communicating with them and seeing how they are. And, um, you know, if they, if they are able to get back to training, you know, we can slowly bring them back in or, you know, they can come back um, at the intensity that they left. So it's just, you know, again, just individual 
how how each individual uh, reacts to it, I suppose. Yeah, and uh, round three, second road trip, a win over Souths at Davies Park, which is always uh, a feather in the cap in round one. So now you head down to North Ipswich. What's the travel routine like for the Capras in this COVID environment? What what will you be doing to get down to North Ipswich on Saturday? Yeah, it won't change too much. I suppose the only thing that really changes is that, you know, we will have to have to test the uh, the morning of the game and we just have to have more players on standby just in case uh, any of the boys do test positive that morning. Um, you know, the Saturday games aren't too bad for us. Uh, you know, the Sunday games, if we're travelling, you know, it's, uh, it's a day trip um, in and out that same day. But, you know, with the Saturday game, it's... Um, you know, we'll travel down that morning and get there, stay there Saturday night. So, um, you know, we're really looking forward to this week. We know um, Ipswich have uh, sort of had a changing of the guard there from the new coach and the way they play. And, um, you know, we know they're coming off a big loss, so they'll be um, up for a big game this weekend. Yeah, I was there calling that game with Gary Belcher on Saturday night. Uh, Mackay were terrific. Ipswich showed glimpses, uh, even though they're down the bottom of the table and they conceded 52 points. Uh, this competition has proven over many years, hasn't it, um, how teams rebound and that any result is possible. Yeah, exactly, mate. And we're a club that knows that. You know, we've um, had our fair share of losses over the years. So, But, you know, we, just, we know that, you know, any team after they come off a big loss, you know, the first thing they want to do is get out and start playing. I've got no doubt it's literally wanting to play today if they could. So we've just got to know that they'll be bringing a lot of energy and intensity this weekend and, um, yeah, make sure we're able to match that and you go with them. And what do you think is the key for your side come Saturday? Yeah, again, it's just, you know, doing the little things well, um, you know, completing and um, kicking well and, you know, getting our kick chase right and being disciplined. Um, you know, we found that... When we're doing that in the first two rounds, we, you know, we, we look really good and, you know, we fall, sort of fall in our shape and, um, you know, we sort of are able to score some points. But, you know, again, it's just maintaining that uh, for long periods of the game. You know, we're sort of going in and out at the moment. So it's something that, you know, we're really aware of and um, something that we're trying to fix up. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's the simple things, isn't it, that uh, get you the wins. Yeah, definitely. No, and that's, I suppose, if any level of football, if you do yeah. the simple things well, it leads to big things. And, um, you know, and that's what we're really working hard on. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to, you know, put that into place this weekend. Without putting too much pressure and pumping the tyres up of your players too much, who should we look out for um, from the Capras on Saturday night when we're out uh, at uh, Ipswich calling the game here on SEN? Uh, I suppose, like I said, our forwards are doing a really good job at the moment. So, you know, we'll be looking for them to, uh, you know, lay the platform again. You know, they've got a big test this week. You know, I know Nat Neely, he's sort of a bit older now, but, you know, he's been around a long time and he's a great player. Um, so there's no, you know, better opportunity to test yourself against, you know, one of the best front rowers in the game this weekend. Um, so, you know, I, I hope that, you know, they'll, uh, you know, they've started the season well and we'll be hoping they continue that this Saturday. Really appreciate your time, Lionel. Thanks very much for that. And uh, good luck on Saturday. And I'll see you at Northrop's Reserve on Saturday afternoon. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate your time, mate. Thank good you. On, good on you, mate. Lionel Harbin there, who is the coach of the Central Capras, who sit on top of the table. Uh, they take on the Ipswich Jets. And you'll hear that match here on SEN 
and Ryan Hansen will be my co-commentator on Saturday afternoon for that game. Kickoff is at 5 o'clock. We're on air at 4 o'clock. Uh, the full round of uh, Host Plus Cup matches this week starts on Friday night, 7 o'clock in Townsville. It's the Blackhawks hosting Wynnum Manly. Then on Saturday at 4 o'clock, it's the Bears against the Dolphins at Pizzy Park. That should be a cracking game. Uh, 4 o'clock on the Sunshine Coast, the Falcons do battle with the Magpies. Then our game, the Jets and the Capras. Sunday afternoon, the match uh, you'll see on 9. All these matches, of course, on Q Plus as well. Be on 9 and KO. The PNG Hunters hosting the Brisbane Tigers. That's at Bycroft Oval on the Gold Coast. 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon, the Mackay Cutters in action against the Northern Pride. Uh, that's in Mackay. And the final match of the round is at 3 o'clock. Pickabean Sports Complex at Tweed Heads where the Seagulls are taking on the North Devils. We'll speak to the Seagulls CEO, Matt Francis, on the show today as well. But we will take a break here on the Host Plus Cup show. We've still got Matt Francis to talk to. We're going to talk refereeing next as well. Clayton Sharp is the boss of the referees here in Queensland. Can't have a game without the referees. So we'll speak to Clayton to get um, an understanding of the pathways and the difference between uh, refereeing in the grades here in Queensland, the different competitions, not only the pathways for young referees to get to the Host Plus Cup, but also for the referees in Queensland to potentially get to the NRL because that is every person's desire, not only uh, from a playing perspective, but from a refereeing perspective to one day, hopefully, fingers crossed, get themselves up into the NRL. So we'll chat with Clayton Sharp next on the Host Plus Cup show on this Wednesday afternoon. We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup show on SEN. Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Wednesday afternoon, Mark Braybrook with you. As I mentioned before the break, you can't have any sport without a referee or an umpire, and rugby league uh, is one of the, I think, hardest games to officiate because it's such fast-moving sport. There's so many moving parts, so many players, and such so physical. Um, and our referees are underestimated. I know, having grown up in a refereeing family, how difficult it can be, but also how rewarding it can be. And uh, refereeing has changed over many years. And um, it's certainly different to when I was refereeing and when my late father was refereeing, uh, particularly with the bunker and the videos and uh, the contact between touch judges and referees out in the middle, etc. And the, the laws of the game have changed as well. Clayton Sharp is in charge of um, the officiating in Queensland for the Queensland Rugby League, uh, a man that knows all about uh, what it's like being out in the middle and how important it is uh, for the referee to be in control of the game. And he joins me now. Clayton, good afternoon. Thanks for your time. G'day, Mark. Thanks for having me. How has the the job of a referee changed from the time that you started? Let's not go all the way back. Let's just say when you got graded and started refereeing in the Q Cup. What are the differences, the main differences you've seen from then until now? Uh, look, there's uh, evolution in officiating um, in terms of our roles and responsibilities. Um, that's probably the biggest change in the way we interpret uh, rules and how we um, in, enforce them uh, as such in, in games and that's at all levels of the game. There's, there's different rules and interpretations at different levels. Um, in, just in Host Plus Cup, um, we try to replicate where possible um, the NRL um, to give the, the match officials who may get an opportunity in the next grade or who come back to us um, to, to officiate in our grade best opportunity we can to, to have a similar playing field. 
Um, but the major major change, obviously, is, is those rule interpretations and the amount of communication between our officials um, and even coaches now have input into our game uh, through the running of the game, um, and that's referees, coaches. Yeah, and I, look, I'm a big advocate too of um, players and team coaches having a knowledge of the rules. You can, or an understanding of the rules, may be better. You can have, you can know the rules, but to understand them is great. The more people involved in the game knew would know and understand the rules, the easier it makes it for you guys, doesn't it? Yeah, correct. It, it's an easier, um, easier to get an understanding or to get maybe some, um, maybe an empathy from a team or a coach in terms of the pressure that we're under um, mm. and the, the, the amount of um, decisions that we have to make in the game. And obviously, if the players and the coaches understand the, the interpretations and the actual rules, it makes it a lot easier for everybody. And, and obviously, there's, the game can just flow and, and there's less uh, discussion about the decision in the, in the middle of the game. How did you start? Uh, I started refereeing when I was uh, about 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I played, rugby, played rugby league and, and then um, transitioned in, into refereeing. Um, I was a lot better referee than I was a player um, and, and saw a pathway, although there, there wasn't a as pathway as there is now. It was such a uh, great opportunity for referees to actually go from community rugby league right through to the NRL. Um, there was still a pathway um, and, and that's what I chose to do. When you started, what were your ambitions? Did you just think that you were going to be, you know, refereeing in the park and enjoy yourself, or did you have that aspirational uh, desire right from the get-go? No, I just wanted to referee um, my local league. Mm. I started refereeing in Gladstone, in central Queensland, um, and I was happy refereeing junior football, and and then I went through to senior football um, at a young age. Uh, I remember I'd watch the ABC game, uh, on a Saturday, um, Queensland Cup, before I'd then go down to, to football and, and referee a reserve grade or an, an A-grade game. Um, and I was quite content with that. I didn't actually realise that there was a pathway and, until I was identified as having some talent. Um, and then it, it grew from there. And even not until I actually probably uh, debuted in, in State League, um, Queensland Cup at the time, um, did I actually develop any aspirations um, the most enjoyable time I've, I've had during my career is, is being involved in, in state league. Um, and obviously now there's that opportunity for guys to, to go right through to the NRL, but it's really satisfying um, refereeing at that level. What are the numbers like? Is it harder to recruit referees nowadays because of uh, every game in the NRL and the Q Cup now is is on the TV? There is so much more intense uh, discussion and uh, looking at things. I remember when my father was refereeing in Sydney in first grade, one or two games of the round uh, were televised. And if you made a mistake, uh, not many people saw it. Now everyone sees everything. So does that make it easier or harder to get uh, younger people to referee? I don't think the recruitment is the hard part. It's actually the retention. It's holding yep. on to the referees, especially yep. at that community yep. level. Um, they've got so many different distractors that they can play football um, that they've got jobs, um, university, um, study, that, that sort of stuff is all distractors in, in terms of um, their time. Um, so it's hard for us to, to keep them in the game. QRL are about to release a, a quite a good program, a positive environment program, which um, it's, it empowers the volunteers to, to provide a, 
a safe place uh, in terms of where the games are held um, for, for both volunteers, um, spectators and, and referees uh, and players. Um, so that that's obviously going to be a really good um, tool for us to, to encourage people to stay in the game in terms of uh, scrutiny. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons that, that we uh, don't hold on to them, um, but there's also really good reasons for them to stay in the game in terms of pathways uh, and getting to the NRL. Knowing the rules and being able to referee is uh, critical, no doubt, but I also believe one of the hardest things for a referee to learn and um, you would no doubt be fully aware of this, is how to accept criticism or cop the criticism for people that are only too willing to to give you a spray, as my dad used to say. You're only going to please 50% of the people 50% of the time, and even then they're not going to like you that much. Uh, that's the hardest thing, isn't it, to have that thick skin? It is. It is. There's, there's a lot of criticism that, criticism that comes with the role, um, but there's also a lot of internal um, pressure as well. What we, we review our games, and we're probably one of the only... Um, it's probably the only job where you're actually uh, self-critical of your performance. Um, uh, we always focus on the negative and generally not a lot on the positive um, in terms of making decisions and how we get better. Um, so you do have to have a thick skin both for the, for the crowd, obviously, and, and internally through our coaching process. It's funny you mention that because Scotty Sadler always gives me a hard time saying that I'm so negative when I'm talking about decisions referees make in the fact that, oh, I think he knocked that on or that pass might have been forward or he might have been offside. He said, why are you always negative? Why are you looking for negative things? Because basically that's the referee's job, isn't it? They've got to look for things that aren't right. <laughs> well, that's correct. We, we make decisions and generally the decision is we're not making a, a decision on, in the positive. It's always because of a negative uh, 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 an infringement um, or a breaking of the rules. Uh, so yeah, it is it is quite negative in that sense. And one of our one of the things that we try to do is is in, through our coaching process is to to bring some positive positivity through and concentrate on the strengths of the referee. Um, and obviously, enjoyment is also a, a massive factor. Uh, yeah. you, know, you need to be able to enjoy it to to continue through. This is one area, though, too, you and I may disagree, and I've spoken to Graham Mannersley about this and other referees, too. You get that uh, positivity, Clayton, from making decisions and getting them right. Decision-making is a skill, and I think at times now, with um, particularly in the NRL, referring things to the bunker all the time, takes that opportunity away for referees to realise that they've made the right call uh, or make a decision and get better by making decisions. I know that's the, the way the game is now, and that's one of the areas where the game has changed, that referees aren't making as many decisions as they were in the past. Yes, they're not making as many mistakes, but they're also not getting as many right and getting that confidence from knowing that, geez, I'm good at this. Yeah, look, there's a lot of training that, that gets done around decision-making um, in all grades, uh, specifically the statewide comps and, and the NRL. Um, we do what, what's called brain training under fatigue. So we'll fatigue the referees and then we'll run them through a, a whole heap of questions or uh, quizzes, uh, memory um, retention uh, drills, that sort of stuff to, to keep them sharp and, and help them or assist them in making those decisions um, uh, in the positive and, and correctly. Um, and on field, obviously, it also takes a skill to know when to use the bunker as such. Mm. Um, it's, it's, there's, the referee still has, a, um, has a, an opportunity to, to make their own decision. Um, and obviously, 
if you've got a bunker, um, especially in the, the NRL that's got that technology, why wouldn't you use it and, and get the decision 100% correct? Yeah, look, I, I understand the logic behind that, but I, you know, I go back speaking to Gary Belcher on Saturday, Mick Stone's decision at Lane Park where Mark McGore scored just inside the dead ball line. That would have been sent to the bunker nowadays, but Mick got that one right and that was because he was good at what he does. As most of our referees are, I just don't think at times they get to show that in that respect. But one thing you'd be pleased about is this week and to showcase Queensland again, Chris Butler's back in first grade and uh, there's a lot of Queenslanders involved in the NRL, which goes to show that uh, the pathways are here, that if you want and if you can and if you train and try hard, you could end up in the NRL. Yeah, that's right. We've we've had a really good start to the year um, as Queensland-based match officials. We've had um, <clears throat> up to four officials, match officials in the NRLW um, as touch judges. Uh, we've also had uh, Belinda, uh, who's now an NRL uh, full-time referee. She's from Queensland. She's refereed the NRLW. We've got Chris Butler, Peter Goff, Liam Kennedy, Wyatt Raymond, um, all, all in, the, in first grade uh, in the squad. Um, we also get NRL referees back into Host Plus Cup. Um, so this, this week we've got three that have come back to to obviously sharpen their skills and, and get them ready for, for potential opportunities to referee first grade. Um, and, and in saying that as well, we've also had a, a match day coach of our referees um, be promoted to the NRLW um, from Host Plus Cup, which is really good for our off-field officials. Great stuff. And, uh, yeah, and women very much involved in the game in all areas. Um, and, yeah, wishing Belinda and, and Casey uh, the best this year. Casey Badger's doing wonderful things in the NRL as well. Mate, uh, we've run out of time. Thank you so much for your time today. It's uh, been great to talk to you and um, let's hope that uh, the year goes very smoothly for all your referees. No worries. Thanks very much, Mark. Good on you, mate. There he is, uh, Clayton Sharper, who's in charge of the referees in uh, Queensland and uh, they are an important part of the game, but they also don't necessarily uh, get the credit they deserve. We only tend to talk about them when they're doing stuff that's wrong, unfortunately. We'll take a break here on the Host Plus Cup show. At the side of the break, we'll head to the Tweed to find out how the sea goes. We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup show on SEN. Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Mark Braybrook on this Wednesday afternoon. Thanks very much for your company. While it's been uh, a horror time weather-wise for people uh, down south in southeast Queensland, but also northern New South Wales, and the rain continues to fall today, and it's causing some problems for the Tweed Seagulls. I wanted to chat with Matt Francis to find out how things were going at the club, and uh, because you're not in and around that area uh, at the moment, you're sort of don't realise how much rain has been falling in the Tweed and the north of New South Wales. You sort of know, but it's not until you speak to someone and they give you a, uh, a first-hand report that the the situation is dire. Matt Francis from the Tweed Seagulls, the CEO, joins me. G'day, mate. How are you? Morning, Mark. How are you? you? I'm fine. You must be very wet. What's the latest for your area of the world? Oh, look, uh, we're uh, pretty well washed out at Pigamine again. Um, we've been yesterday. We couldn't even get into our licensed clubhouse because of Kennedy Drive was covered in water. Uh, but our uh, fields unplayable again this week. Um, but again, okay, when you look in the broader context of what's happening to the rest of the community, um, you know that's just something we'll work around. Um, and our heart goes out to all those people in the community, particularly down around Lismore, Tumbalgum, and other areas uh, that we're linked to. Uh, that are really in dire straits at the moment. It's been an extraordinary couple of months, hasn't it? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, we thought the pandemic 
was a tough enough for us with border issues, but uh, you know, uh, just yeah, you know, the number of people whose livelihoods and um, uh, just their day to day lives, their, their houses, the accommodation has been um, you know absolutely gut wrenching. Uh, we thought uh, when our you know, our dressing sheds were flooded and that uh, that was bad, but when we just talked to local people, members of our club members of the broader community really realised, okay, that our, our problems were minor. And how's everyone at the club coping? Oh, look, I think one thing you've got to say about Ben Wolf and his support staff, indeed all our coaching staff, is that uh, last year through the pandemic, uh, they proved to be very adaptable and those learnings have come to the fore this year. Uh, so our you know, team preparations have been uh, strong, even though we've had to move training venues week in, week out again. Uh, but you know, they just deal with it as it um, as it comes to them. Okay, and the playing group respond. So uh, we'll never use something like this as an excuse. It's just another challenge. So uh, it's real uh, credit to Ben Wolf and indeed uh, Spencer Taplin, our women's coach, all our coaching staff. Okay, the way they've been able to be flexible and just deal with those fluctuations. I know it's still early in the week, although it's sort of more than halfway through the week, but uh, you mentioned Pig have been out. You're supposed to play Norths in the Host Plus Cup there on Sunday afternoon. Uh, what is the situation? I know you said the ground's out, but have you found somewhere else to play? W- what's going to happen? Oh, we're talking to uh, a number of community clubs, but obviously they're in the same situation. So Goodrin's normally a, a good ground, but uh, their situation's uh, <coughs> as bad as ours. Uh, so hopefully... Uh, we're in discussions with the QRL and Runaway Bay, who's normally got a pretty good um, draining ground up there, um, that we may be able to move our, our game up there. But similarly, they've got to wait for council approval. But we're going through uh, all the options we can with the uh, QRL. Is it possible that you could switch with Norse and play at Bash Up Park and, and have your game at home later in the year so you're not down financially well, either for the canteen, etc.? Yeah, unfortunately, with the draw, we only play Norse once this year. Oh, okay. Uh, so we don't have an away game against them. Otherwise, that would have been uh, an option. Um, and because we've got an affiliation with uh, Runaway Bay and, and clubs like Tugan and others, we prefer to work with our community clubs and yep. in that way preserve our home ground advantage. Yep. No, that's totally totally understandable. Uh, let's talk positive, Matt. Um uh, How's the season been? I know that, uh, you know, with COVID and now with all the rain, et cetera, it's been, been an odd start of the year as well. But uh, how would you describe the start of the year for Tweed? Oh, look, we're uh, really happy with the squad that we've uh, got at our disposal this year. Uh, you know, probably 85 to 90% of the players wanted to stay and play with the club, which, again, is a great testament to Wolfie. Um, our uh, recruits, okay, predominantly our local players, We've got a great crop of youngsters coming through our HDC, including the likes of Tommy Weaver and Benny Liu and uh, Cleese House and others. You know, we had five Australian schoolboys last year, four remain with us. Um, so we think we've got good depth and great opportunity. Uh, and because we've got a core of players from last year, uh, we think that uh, we can be competitive again this year. And uh, your women's team, the BMD Premiership there, the good win over the Gold Stars on the weekend, 24-16. So a nice way to start the year. Oh, that was exciting for us on a number of levels. This is the first year we've been able to enter an under-19s team. 
and we've got some exceptionally talented young girls coming through there, uh, five of whom played in the TRLW on the weekend. Uh, um, and we had also uh, some exceptional young uh, players, or more senior players in one sense, uh, debuting uh, in rugby league. Uh, so um, Spencer Taplin and uh, I can say all his coaching staff have done an exceptional job and we're really excited about the future of our women's teams. And, and how, that was a, a, a great win on the weekend. And how does the recruitment work? Are you finding that uh, girls are uh, almost lining up wanting to play rugby league? Oh, look, I still think in the, despite the growth of the uh, female participation, uh, in terms of uh, playing in a, a statewide competition, um, there's, there's still a lot of talent development to, to be done. And in certain areas like northern New South Wales, they don't play contact rugby league or very limited contact rugby league. Uh, so there's still um, development there. But uh, certainly, OK, this year in the 19s, we had um, uh, what, uh, what I would describe as an exceptionally talented group of young female athletes, some with rugby league backgrounds, some new to the game. Uh, but the, the coaching they've received of... Um, yeah, you know, uh, has been excellent, and uh, as I say, I think we've got some future in our old W stars in in our group coming through. Great stuff. Uh, because uh, yeah, like our game in the 19s, the previous week uh, uh, when we were up against uh, East Tigers, who've got a strong program, was as good a junior representative game that I've seen this year, male or female. Excellent. Uh, and that that gives us a lot of confidence for the future. Good on you, mate. Uh, great to talk to you. Uh, under difficult circumstances, really appreciate it. We wish all the best for everyone down there in the Tweed and northern New South Wales. And uh, fingers crossed this rain will stop and we can get footy back at Pickabeen ASAP. Good luck for the year, and I'm sure we'll speak throughout the year as well. Not a problem, Mark. All the best. Thank good you. On, good on you, mate. Matt Francis there, the CEO of the Tweed Seagulls. And, yeah, smashed by the rain again, and we wish them the best of luck. And uh, watch this space it's to see where Tweed are taking on uh, Norths this week in Host Plus Cup. In the uh, BMD Premiership, the women's comp, the Bears take on the Panthers um, at Pizzy Park on the Gold Coast on Saturday. Winham and the Central Capras at Cougarai Saturday afternoon. The the Stars are taking on the Magpies up at Townsville at uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium and the Seagulls, Tigers, depending on where they can get a ground to play that. That's all we have time for. Thanks very much for company on the Host Plus Cup show. Don't forget, Saturday afternoon, it's the Jets up against the Capras right here on SEN. Look forward to your company then. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.